Hello, and welcome to The Writing Forge, where we discuss tips and tricks for honing your writing. I'm Bonnie. I'm Miranda. And we're your hosts. Let's get get into it. it. Happy Halloween, everybody, and welcome to The Writing Forge. I'm Bonnie. I'm Miranda. And today we have Steve Anderson with us. And in honor of Halloween, we're going to be talking about spooky cereals. Um, but first, Steve, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about your your writing journey? <laughs> okay. Yeah, definitely a journey. Um, <laughs> I uh, had worked for uh, for Boeing for over 20 years and um, did a little company? bit of part-time Sorry. writing during during that. Uh, nice. But then when I retired, uh, it was it allowed me to write full time. And so that was starting in 2017. And uh, I am indie published. And for a lot of reasons, which is probably worthy of a whole nother, another show <laughs> as far as why somebody chooses traditional over, over indie publishing. Um, but I have uh, four novels out now um, and working on a serial that's going out on Kindle Vela. And um, Bonnie is, is graciously doing my editing for that, doing a, a fabulous job, which is oh, has been educational on my for for me as as well. And so, I think it's always kind of a as you said, it's always a journey. There's always parts of of what we can do as writers to improve, and um, so it's uh, that's that's where I'm at now is is working on this Bella series, and uh, also have another novel in the works that should be out late this year. Nice. Awesome. So let's start a little bit since it's still so new. Yes. Uh, what is Kindle Vela? Okay. Who wants to answer? Well, from my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> Kindle Vela is uh, Amazon's new serial publishing platform. So you get like a chapter a week. So kind of like how Dickens used to publish his stuff, like one chapter at a time and things of that nature. And it's it's a separate thing from Kindle Unlimited, if I remember correctly, and separate yet again from Kindle Audible and <laughs> things of that nature. And so it's its own platform. Did I get that right? Lar- largely correct. Um, there are some subtleties largely. to it. It's, it is okay. very much separate from the, the Kindle Unlimited universe. Uh, and and almost from from most of Amazon, uh, I, I imagine a lot of authors have Author Central, where you have a, a profile that you set up in Amazon that people can click on, and it shows everything that you have written. And you know, if somebody looks at one of your books online, they can click on you and and see everything else you've done. Um, and uh, Vela is not tied into that. Okay. Oh, so there's no way to hook that together, which is is a little bit on the frustrating side. So it's like this whole yeah whole separate um, promotion that you have to do. Uh, I guess it's your marketing scheme. Yeah, author website, I guess, would be your yes. way to link that. Or... Yeah, and so I've, I've I've done blog posts that are mirrored onto my author central page that keep promoting uh, Kindle Vela. But it's, yeah, it is serialized content. Um, different authors have chosen different paths as far as how often they update. Excuse me, the sweet spot seems to be two to three episodes Per week, uh, and oh, wow. but each episode is relatively short. Um, okay. The maximum allowed on Kindle Vela is five thousand words, 
Uh, and so I had originally written a set of, of linked short stories that kind of tell a, an ongoing story uh, called If These Walls Could Talk. And I had re- tried really hard to stay under that 5,000 word cap. It was it was a hard editing thing because I kept wanting to be like, <laughs> I want more out of here, but I know we only have three words to spare. <laughs> yes. um, but then I have found that most people, most of the, the readership and the authors, of course, are, are supporting this, uh, are writing episodes that are between one and 2,000 words. Okay. And usually at the lower end of that range. Some people go a little longer, but, but that seems to be the, the consensus is that you want to be maybe just a little over 1,000 words. So I've taken my, my 5,000 word stories and chopped them up into little bits and pieces and put those out on Vela. And uh, I, I liked your explanation. I went and looked at the first one, that the first episode that you put out on Vela after right, I hadn't seen it mm-hmm. in, in public and where you cut it and it, it worked out just like perfectly. And I liked your explanation. You're like, I, I thought of it as uh, episode breaks, uh, commercial breaks in a TV show. Yes. Yeah. That, it, that was, so, a, and that's the way a lot of these feel. The episodes that you create for Vela, they, they kind of feel like you're, you know, it's a, feel like you're watching or, or reading a, a TV episode uh, of an ongoing story. And so, yeah, putting in those breaks is like putting in the commercials. Which I feel like is just a really interesting way that our culture is going. It's like we went from having regular TV shows to, well, now we have Netflix. We can binge. We mm-hmm. can watch the whole TV show in one day. <laughs> and now we're backing up again to to making it more you have to wait and build up the suspense and so forth. Yeah, I, and I've heard that explained in Vela. Um, I think it's even in the Amazon literature on it that what they're trying to do is create little bite-sized things so that something that you could read before you go to bed at night, you know, give you a, a little, you know, it's like reading four or five pages and having a logical break to, to stop there. Or if you're um, you know, waiting at the doctor's office or, yeah. or riding on the bus or whatever on your daily commute, you can have a chance to, to read something that's fairly self-contained. But then on the other other spectrum of that, there are people that, that binge it. They wait for all of the episodes to be posted and then they'll read them all at once. And right. I kind of think I would be tempted to do that as a reader. Yeah. <laughs> it's always nice to have that option. <laughs> and so... so- when you're writing for Vela, so other than like building in commer- commercial breaks, what what else do you need to adjust when you're writing serialized content? So, because I I know I know a lot of authors are taught, okay, you should end your chapter on a cliffhanger, or you Don't should end your <laughs> maybe <laughs> not always you can <laughs> sometimes, but you're but you also want to like. There should be some kind of transition or there should be, okay, maybe not a cliffhanger, maybe a question. There you go. There, nice. needs, to be, there needs to be something to propel the reader forward uh, into the next chapter. And so is that a similar thing that you have to do or is it required or does it look different in a novel versus Kindle Vela since you've done both? A, a lot of the content that I've read, uh, the individual episodes tend to kind of leave you with a, at least an open question, if not a cliffhanger. Um, okay. And as, as I've put these breaks into mine, I've tried to, to find places where that's kind of true. Uh, although at the end of each one of those sets, which is usually about, about four episodes to make a full short story, uh, it, it does have a, uh, it, it resolves it. And, mm. um, 
having that resolution, I think, helps. But it also, since there's a continuing storyline with the main characters, even though that individual adventure ended at that point, it will lead you to want to see what they're going to be up to next. And so there's, right. I mean, there's always things within the episode that are unresolved. And Bonnie has helped me, help me keep track of those so that, so that I don't <laughs> conclude this whole, Forget this whole thing and, yeah. and leave everybody hanging. <laughs> yeah. I have a nice little running list of here are some promises that you made to the reader. Let's make yeah, sure. Yeah. It's always good to keep that kind of list, whether you're writing for Vela or writing a novel or a short story or True. anything. Yeah. I think I've asked some of my uh, writing group to be like, Hey, what promises have I made? Yes. Because yes. <laughs> Yeah, I forget. <laughs> it's like I need to deliver on these eventually, I know. Yeah, and um, and I've done that kind of after the fact a lot of times with, with my novels where when I after I finish the draft, I, I go through and, and realize, oh, I've, I've, I've made this promise here in chapter two that I never answered. And so <laughs> <laughs> you have to kind of... So either the promise needs to go or we have to deliver on it. Yes, exactly. And how many of your episodes did you write before you started? I know you're not done yet because I'm about to edit episode right. nine out of ten. Uh, I had seven that were ready to go. Uh, seven, okay. seven short stories. Each one of those, then, right? That you broke into. That I, each one that I broke into four pieces, except for the first one. I think I only broke into three. And and yeah. the reason that I did that is that it, the first three episodes on Vela are free. Okay. So. Oh, I, so you wanted to make I it. I wanted to have, that makes have sense. one complete story that, that they could read in that first th three free episodes. And then hopefully with that, hook them into wanting to see where the, where the rest of the story goes. And um, if you have an Amazon account now, if you go to their to their Vela entry point or you know, just look up Vela on Amazon, um, you should automatically have 20 free tokens. Hmm. Or, excuse okay. me, 200 free tokens. And you use one token per episode, or it depends on the length of the episode. Uh, okay. My mine being just over usually about a, a, a thousand words is the way I've broken them. Uh, is usually ten or eleven tokens. Okay, for okay. one episode. For one for one episode. Interesting. And I, so then you get some number of free tokens, and then you can buy more. Yes. presumably. I think I, I saw recently it's like two ninety nine for another two hundred tokens. Okay. So not that expensive. So not that yeah. expensive. Yeah. Unless you are, are really starting to binge on all of the Vela content. Yeah. If <laughs> yeah. you read too many, then you might run into a problem. Yeah. Um, it's almost the new Penny Dreadful, quite literally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah it's really interesting. Yeah. Right, so it's, it's been an interesting platform. A, a, a lot of it is strange. It's you are very limited on what you can do as far as um, special characters or, or hmm. you know, I mean, it's it's pretty much you're going to take uh, a Word document and import it. They they probably don't want you like coding or something. Yeah, there. so there's right. there's no provision to put any kind of graphics uh, into it right. other than your essentially your cover art at the at the start of each episode, which most people I've seen just use the same image for the for the whole series. The whole story. So this is our Halloween episode. Yes. So let's pivot a little bit and now talk about because specifically your series on Vela is a supernatural detective series yes it is is that how you uh, kind of the way it? I if you look look at it it's, it's like what the comps are for it it would be supernatural meets castle with a dash of noir 
Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I always think of Jim Butcher, too. I feel like it has a little bit of that mm. kind of vibe to it. Okay. The Dresden Files, specifically. Yeah, I the, the, I, it's it's not um, the, the sort of thing that is going to have jump scares, but it's yeah. but it, it should have kind of that general unease that there there is more to whatever situation you're in than than what you are seeing. Uh, that that there is a wider uh, supernatural, slightly spooky, uh, give you a little bit of dread sort of sort of vibe to it. So let's talk about how to write write spooky things, <laughs> and how does it differ from out and out horror? Like I know you said, I know you were saying jump scares, but jump scares isn't completely what makes up the horror genre. So how is spooky different from? Well, and I wanted to put this on you quick, Miranda, because okay. the your short story in in the first NCW anthology is fairly, I would say, spooky, supernatural. Oh, is it spooky? I thought it was a little bit. It's it's ghosts, right? It's a scary house that's starting to eat her. <laughs> <laughs> Not literally, but <laughs> it, it kind of sounds like horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she oh. inherits this house and it, it tries to get rid of her, right? Basically. Oh, n- she was messy, and so it was. It was punishing her for being. Messy. It was punishing her for being. But she didn't know that. She thought the house was trying to get rid of her, right? Yeah, true, true. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess I accidentally wrote spooky then, because that was not my intention. It was supposed well, to. Well, then be. maybe I shouldn't have brought that up. It was. No, it's okay. No, it's making me reconsider things. So. Uh, well, I, I came was, across as spooky. So good job. Oh, cool. <laughs> I was for that for that particular story. I was aiming more for. Uh, I was aiming more for unease because she needed okay, a reason. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, basically, it, we needed to get her off her butt. And so <laughs> <Yes>. we <laughs> we needed to get my main character up and actually doing something. And so uh, so there were supernatural elements that came in to uh, do that. And, and yeah, it was just I had, I had some terrible roommates and was taking <laughs> yeah. it out on some – was taking it out on some terrible roommates. So anyway, so, so I then, So then how do you write things to make people uneasy, Steve? Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a good question. I, I, I write kind of the things that make me uneasy. Um, the Kind of the magic system or the hook that is in this is that, that the walls – um, are alive and that the walls like the, the wall behind you right now is watching and listening to everything that you say and my main character which is just a creepy my, my, concept to think yeah, about <laughs> which my, my main character at, can hear what they say he can he can put his hand on the wall and kind of interface with that memory and and roll it back to see what's happened and so as each of the stories builds, it's, it's how you it kind of peel, slowly peel back the layers of, of how that works. Uh, because the, the lie that he usually tells is that the memory is stored in the, in the, in the paint and the, and the drywall itself. Kind of, you know, like when, you, when you talk or, or when the light hits a wall, it, it leaves an impression within, within that matrix that you can read, which is, which is a complete lie. Um, and this, and that, that feels back and, and kind of continues to ramp up over the course of the series as far as what is really going on and what the dangers are of that environment, that it's not entirely passive, that it's not just a, a essentially a, a machine or a natural artifact, that it's actually a living presence that's in there. 
So does Spooky need to be a... So is Spooky specifically supernatural? Can mm. can something be spooky without a supernatural element to it? I, it can certainly be suspenseful, and and I think yeah. spooky. I mean, if you if you know there were probably there are a lot of stories about you know you're, you're lost in the woods and and some True. creature is, is you know the could be killer. yeah a serial killer certainly the, spooky the hook, or the hook the hook the hook story. stories or or even if it's a bear or a mountain lion that's right. that's tracking you that can that can definitely get your heart pounding. But I think in, in writing it, a lot of it has to do with, with the, at least for me, it, it's the, the slow reveal. It's, it's the building of the tension. And of course, the f- and I was, go ahead, oh, go please. Ahead. I was just going to say, I was thinking of, of your example of the, the main character lying about how things work. I think that um, the, the, showing the reader that he's lying but not saying exactly what he's lying about right that builds the tension like the reader knows something's going to come out but we don't know what yet and so that ratchets it yeah. up and and fills and, and definitely i think it helps to have an unreliable narrator through all that <laughs> <laughs> he's not only lying to the people around him but he's he's lying to the readers as well um it, it, he's very self-serving in that regard and he, he he's a nice guy though yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> just unreliable he's just unreliable <laughs> yeah but uh, but obviously, to me, the, the foundation of that also, whether you're writing a spooky story or whatever you're doing, is is the characters that you create first. And, and to me, the characters always kind of come first, and then you put them into a situation that's suspenseful or spooky or whatever. And that's kind of kind of my my gold standard for an example of that is the movie The Others uh, with Nicole Kidman, where. Yeah. Where you you meet the characters and the and and the situation and the stress that they're under, and 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 then you layer the the supernatural pieces on top of that, and then, you know, as an author, you like to torture your characters to see what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and and then of course the big reveal at the end, right? Yes, I mean that's what makes it interesting is torturing the characters. Yeah, and and <laughs> that sounds bad. And, and, and <laughs> that's a Halloween episode. That's fine. And, and that's kind of the game that you play with the readers is is they want you want to be feeding them enough that they think they know what's going to happen next mm. and if and then you give them something different but when they look back you didn't mislead them it's it makes sense it's just not the most obvious thing and to me that's that's a big part of, of building that suspense In, inevitable but surprising yeah. yes yeah, i believe is how mm-hmm. sanderson put it yes mm-hmm. so because i think that's key right because you don't want to just like surprise your reader and then then be like well th- where did that come from that came out of nowhere yeah. that's just unsatisfying but it but if they can turn back like you said and say oh yeah that, uh, yeah he was actually saying that i just didn't realize it yeah it's um, yeah that or or um or the icy dead people you know the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that spoiler movie terrified alert? me as a that's, child I, I did 40 that. years old no complaints yeah <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's the like I'm not a I'm not a I don't read scary things generally so because because like that movie terrified me and I don't think it's actually that scary of a movie I don't know I need to go back and yeah watch at it. least for me I, I like those kind of scary movies more than than just like the dead teenager movies you know those just like those, the straight up horror yeah straight up slasher movies that, that that doesn't you know after a while it doesn't hardly even seem suspenseful you know it's, it's just okay there's another murder. Um, <laughs> So it's. I was gonna say, I, I know for 
uh, sorry, sidebar. Um, <laughs> if if me and my friends were going to watch slasher movies, we specifically picked all the B ones mm-hmm. because we like seeing the ketchup buckets. Oh yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, those can be can be fun because they're they're playing it almost for for the, the laughs of, of the shock. So 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 I don't know. I guess I'm trying to I'm trying to think about it because I may I may not have intentionally wrote spooky stories, <laughs> but I have read a few, and so I like I like the idea of you know building anticipation, but seeding in, uh, it is really difficult to do, but the ones that are able to do it, uh, who can seed in that something is off. Did we already cover this? Okay. I'm sorry. Um, but they, they can seed in that something is off, like just some, uh, like you don't know what it is, but you're just something about the situation. You're like, Ugh, I don't, I don't like that. I don't know why I don't like that, but I don't. <laughs> and so the ones, the the ones that can manage to pull that off really well. Yeah, that's those are the ones I that I enjoy, and, and I guess that's what I'm trying to emulate is is the ones where you are in a what feels like a normal situation, but something starts to be just a little bit off, and the thing that's a little bit off kind of starts to to spiral out of control, and yes. and into it hopefully comes to a satisfying conclusion. I think maybe that, that can be like our, our wrapping up comment here, just that I think these principles of of unease and, and suspense and promises, like th- those are valid for any genre. Like yes. you're going to ratchet them up in a, in a certain way when you're writing a scary thing or a horror, but but you want to have those that suspense, even in a romance, right? There should be some suspense of, you know, are mm-hmm. they going to get together or not? Otherwise it's not as interesting of a book. So, yeah. Yeah, there should be suspense mystery whatever whatever that looks like for your particular genre it doesn't have to be a clue who done it mystery but there should right. be yeah. something you're seeking something your characters are seeking yeah and kind of going back to it on on Vela, it's, it's almost an ideal platform for doing that type of type of a genre Ooh. It, where you're going to have each one of your episodes is has the opportunity to kind of uh, even if you don't leave it a cliffhanger, you're going to have that opportunity to leave them wondering what that that next thing is. What 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 does that really mean with with what you've done with your characters? So what are they what are they facing? You know what what is the danger that is growing? Yeah. I I love the things that build on each other, and I'm so bad at pulling it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, go read some Kindle Vellas. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go read some Kindle Vellas. I should read yours. Yours yeah. sound very interesting. Uh, I like I like the idea of like if these walls could talk, and they do. And they do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. Like no, that sounds super super interesting. So. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our spooky Halloween episode. Yes, happy so Halloween. <laughs> yes. Um, and, um, oh, yeah, we, usually, we like to end with a question for our listeners. Um, have you tried out Kindle Vela? Um, let us know some, some Vela's that you've liked, and we can spread the word around. Yeah. So, awesome. Stay thank sharp, you. my okay. friends. Thank Stay you thank so you much, Steve. Much. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. Okay, we don't have to hang out. He can just stop recording. (laughs) You can hang out. That's all the time we have for today, folks. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Writing Forge, an NCW podcast brought to you by Nagano Press. 
To learn more about The Writing Forge and our parent company, Northern Colorado Writers, be sure to check out our website at northerncoloradowriters.com. Check out our social links in the description. You can subscribe to The Writing Forge wherever podcasts are aired. If you like this episode, you'd really help us out by rating and reviewing. If you're looking for more informational writing content, be sure to become an NCW member. Stay sharp, my friends. Stay sharp, my friends.